Hello to our valued listeners and a happy Friday yet again from here in Chicago. Alyssa Badger, our usual hostess, is out of the office this week. So it's myself, Lucas Fees, and special guest Austin Bentham here today to give you our end of week update. We had quite a few things that were happening, a few different releases, both abroad and domestically, that kind of kept the markets on their toes this week. And we continue to see increased volatility and a lot of uh, different price movements in a variety of these markets here. Austin, welcome to the podcast. I know we've had you on a few times in the past few months. Always appreciate your market insight. Let's start off with your thoughts on uh, cheese. Kind of had an interesting week as spot broke lower and all attention keeps being paid to grains as well as corn and soybean makes their move. What do you think of some of these markets, Austin? Yeah, Lucas, thanks for having me. It's great to be back. First off, grain is the story, the dollar and and the greater commodity move. As soon as we see strength in commodities, funds and outside money are going to start looking for ways to invest. That really starts in our world with corn. And then from a fund perspective, they're starting to look at anything that depends on corn. So dairy in class three looks fairly attractive. And even though our fundamentals, we've been talking about it for weeks, look really bearish, funds see this as a good opportunity to come in and and buy the market. Spot has been pressured. So we're seeing funds buying futures, and that creates the cash and carry play that that traders can then exploit by buying spot and putting it away to take out in a few months. So that's going to continue to be present here until we see a correction in the dollar and in corn. Yeah, quite interesting. There are lots of things at play. I think cheese was especially interesting to me to watch this week as we kind of finally ticked lower after weeks and weeks of just non-existent volatility, at least at spot. Let's shift over maybe briefly your thoughts on the class four markets. You are our uh, high ground butter expert extraordinaire. What do you think's going on on that side of the market? <laughs> yeah, thanks, Lucas. First on on butter, when we're looking at some seasonality here. So the, so the bid in the futures market is predominantly not so much related to the corn complex, but we're in cream season. So cream players trying to get some coverage can't utilize physical butter. So they're going to go out and grab futures. That price has been favorable for end users, especially for the ice cream. We expect that to continue for the next few weeks as they get coverage. Again, similar to cheese, that's going to create a cash and carry. It always gets a bit stressful right around Memorial Day because we have the peak build. We also have peak demand for futures here as people look to set their budgets into the second half of the year. And things kind of get pretty tough and and prices can defy fundamentals. We've been doing that really all year uh, where prices have continued to increase despite huge cold storage numbers and what we expect could be even higher than than reported and good on farm and good milk numbers as I'm sure you'll speak to in a minute. The expectation here is that once the traders have begun to build that cash and carry trade in the second half of the year, they'll have to unwind that. So that'll be interesting to see how that plays out, especially given the retail versus food service supply or demand situation getting sorted out with the, with the reopening. I think it'll be really interesting going into the, to the back half of the year. And then 
non-fat. We've seen great demand out of China that continues. We've struggled with milk production in Mexico, our biggest trade partner with regard to non-fat. So I think there's going to be robust demand for non-fat. We have great milk in California, which is predominantly going into class four. So really no change in attitude there with regard to non-fat, especially as we come into the summer season where New Zealand is out of the market globally, counter-seasonal low. And then we've got Europe, which has struggled. They've been coming back and we think that they'll have an okay supply, but nothing overwhelming. So it primarily for the world supply rests on the U.S. shoulders. Thanks very much for that. I think, especially on the on the butter perspective and cheese as well, we're looking forward to a cold storage report on Monday that will shed some more light into April and perhaps revise some of those March numbers that were questionable. Thank you again, Austin. Just I'll do a brief overview of some of the other data that we got this week. On Tuesday, we had a pretty highly anticipated GDT auction out of New Zealand, but ultimately just kind of saw more of the same on a lot of these markets. Whole and skim still both supported. Prices remain at quite lofty levels as Chinese buying continues to uh, prop these prices up, even as the New Zealand season winds to a close. Fats did see a little bit more weakness, butter especially dropping after a really heavy drop in the beginning of May. Stronger offer volumes there kind of driving some of that weakness. The big domestic report of the week uh, yesterday, Thursday, as we recorded this, uh, was the U.S. milk production report in April. We saw a 3.3% year-over-year climb. Of course, a little bit impacted, and uh, we got a helpful boost there from the prior year data that was impacted by the pandemic as processors and cooperatives in basically all across the country kind of restricted milk output there as we tried to prevent milk dumping and some serious issues there as demand declined at the beginning of the pandemic. I do think looking into May, we will see an extremely strong year-over-year gain, possibly flirting with a 4 or 5% year-over-year growth, again, of course, due to that prior year comparison. Long story short, milk is abundant. It was a record producing month in April. Maybe uh, some impacts there on cheese as we are at peak flush across the upper Midwest, but really, uh, and luckily for prices, this strong demand, both domestically and globally, are keeping us afloat. Briefly from the export perspective, no huge surprises. We got European exports and Chinese imports this week. Uh, Again, the key story being China, China, China. No real departure from what we've been talking about for the past several weeks there. EU milk did turn into positive in March after a week, Jan and Feb. So kind of good to see a recovery there, but nothing substantial that will shake up markets. Thanks as always for listening. Thanks again to our guest Austin this week. As always, you can check out any of these reports with High Ground Opinion on our website. And if you need help or a free trial, don't hesitate to reach out. Cheers. Be sure to subscribe so that you never miss an episode. And if you're interested in receiving more information as well as our analysis, please visit highgrounddairy.com to request a free 30-day trial today. Futures and options trading involves substantial risk and is not suitable for all investors. Um.